now. I don't know who he is behind that mask of his, but I do know when we need him. And we need him now. For some reason, the cool bars in Hollywood have to be hard to find and have to have no sign. This is the Cocktail Nation. This week I'm joined by a really cool cat by the name of Scott Denny who's swinging by the Sydney penthouse to talk about his new noir crime fiction book called Jade to Black. And David Gaston is back as well to discuss another one of the tracks from his album This Is Vintage Now Volume 2. We've got a look at Lounge Life magazine with a rather controversial Marilyn Monroe story and the best in lounge and exotica with a good portion of the show coming from a Spotify list that uh, Scott put together to accompany the book that he wrote. So we'll play some of those tunes like this one, Bud Powell and East of the Sun on the Cognition.
This is the Cocktail Nation. Leader Coop Cooper with you, official website cocktailnation.net if you'd like to find out what's going on here in the Sydney penthouse and of course to check out our archives as well, which are plentiful. Cocktail Nation. Well, I know that uh, our listeners here at the Cocktail Nation just uh, love books. They uh, absolutely love uh, noir crime fiction and I've got one for you this week. It's called Jade to Black and the author Scott Denny joins me on the show uh, direct from uh, Cincinnati. Thanks for uh, joining us on the program tonight, man. Good to talk to you. Uh, well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. And uh, nice to know, nice to know that you're a, a listener of the Cocktail Nation as well. Referred to uh, by a good friend of the show, uh, David Gaston, who said you got you got to talk to this guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate I appreciate him uh, putting me in front of you. Absolutely, it was. Uh... It was kind of a chance meeting with him too. It was through uh, an album that he just put out. Yeah, a collection of uh, uh, new-made uh, old songs, if you will. Exactly. Yeah, this is period. vintage. This is vintage now, volume two, which is uh, we've been uh, flogging yes. over the last uh, 
few weeks now. Tell us a little bit about uh, Jade to Black. I, I love the cover on it. It's got a super cool cover. You've got a, a guy pointing a gun at somebody. Of course, they're both wearing hats. One guy's smoking, as they should be, in these things. And <laughs> uh, and, uh, and a femme fatale, I think, uh, on the front page as well. You would you would be correct in that assumption. No doubt about it. Uh, Jade to Black set in uh, 1957. Um, and it, it, it centers around uh, one person, Hank Razzler, who's a loan shark. Uh, he kind of works freelance with uh, uh, another mob-connected friend of his in a fictional town north of New York City. They're allowed to run this small area together uh, because their, their secondary job, if you will, is uh, they are kind of like the internal affairs of the mafia. The police have an internal affairs to investigate themselves. So does the mob. So they have kind of an arrangement where they can loan shark, run gambling, etc. In this uh, this small town north of New York, in exchange, they're on call uh, to find out uh, anything the mob wants to find out about itself, uh, or settle up scores and stuff. And essentially, uh, uh, there's a rap, uh, of course, as there always is in these kinds of things, uh, some kind of trouble. There's a rat who is. Um, um, really hitting the one of the mob's main captains he's really their big owner um and they want the person found they want him stopped so that's the task and initial uh, uh, job that they have and along the way of course we we, we meet our femme fatale and she's kind of involved um uh, directly or indirectly and that kind of turns everything inside out and upside down as they uh, as they try and solve this case, so it's kind of a part detective novel, if you will. Although detective from the standpoint of uh, the mob, and also part uh, part uh, uh, organized crime novel as well. These guys have other goals. Uh, we run into Meyer Lansky, for example, uh, briefly in the book, as he's building the Havana Riviera, and they have an opportunity to buy into this casino, one percent of it. Uh, but he's, he's part of the commission that's tasked them with finding this rat. So essentially it comes down to they find the rat, they keep their territory, they, they get a chance to buy into this, this great Havana casino, or they don't find them, then they could lose their, their livelihood and even their lives. Sounds uh, like an intense ride. Now, Maya Lansky, now there's an interesting story there to do with um, his uh, grandson, isn't there? There is, yeah. I, I actually met Meyer Lansky II uh, through Facebook, and uh, he's, he's a reader of the book and enjoyed it as well. I, uh, I think I came across him on Facebook first and then Instagram. Uh, I mean, social media becomes one big blur when you know someone. But uh, uh, I sent him a copy of the book because I, I, I did a lot of research on his grandfather and wanted to make sure I got the tone and the sound of his grandfather right. And... Um, he responded that he loved the novel. He said it uh, it reminded him of The Sopranos, but it also reminded him of uh, uh, Mean Streets and a couple of other uh, great mafia pieces uh, from the past, and really liked the, the feel of everything. And, and as he told me regarding his grandfather, anything that keeps Meyerland's legacy alive was a okay by him. Yeah. Um, so he enjoyed it. 
that's fantastic. Now, tell us a little bit about some of your uh, your your inspirations. Uh, you know, when it comes to writing a book like this, and and really nutting down the period, which which can be difficult for for those of us who didn't uh, necessarily grow up in that time, but perhaps yeah. you know, spend a bit of time, yeah, you know, maybe watching old movies, reading books, and things like that. Where, where's your inspiration from? Well, it, it came from a lot of different areas. I think I came to to my love of mid-century much in the same way that I've heard you've come to it. Mm. You know, growing up, you know, your mother, I think somebody mentioned or you mentioned that, that you heard a lot of the music. Yeah. Of course, you saw a lot of the movies. I came around the same way. Mm. Um, I live in a town that Mark Twain had said, if the world ends, I'm going to be there because it won't happen for another five years. <laughs> so though I wasn't alive during the I've, mid-century era. Yeah. I've, li- I've lived in towns like that. <laughs> okay, yeah, I, I think there are many of them. Uh, he just happened to name mine, uh, Cincinnati. <laughs> but uh, uh, I, I got to experience a lot of things, almost not quite secondhand, but as they were fading out. And so it was always around. Uh, and I, I'm really not a fan of the late 60s and the 70s, et cetera. I think, uh, I think the mid-century period, if you look at it from about 56 to 65, it was the last time that adults controlled you know, uh, popular culture completely. And it really shows, I think. So if you mark that period and everything, uh, that was something that I loved and had studied for years and years and years. When I got to the idea of writing a book, I'm a commercial director. I write and produce commercials uh, for television. I make TV that no one wants to watch, right? Yeah. Uh, So I was writing in 30-second increments, and uh, I've written some essays and other things, but when I came to writing this book, which is now one of what will be a series of about five novels, um, I, I decided, you know, I'm going to put everything into this that, that really fascinates me. And, and the heart of that, of course, is mid-century Americana, uh, but also music. Uh, I had extensive music throughout the book, uh, so much so I created a Spotify list uh, for the tracks that are in there. Wow. Uh, I mean, of course, I'm a Frank Sinatra devotee, uh, yeah. Rat Pack and, and whatnot, but Tony Bennett, and, you know, you could go on and on with the list. There's also Russ Baxter. Uh, and the exotica stuff. So I was able to take this love of this period, um, marry it with my my fascination with things like uh, mafia in the fifties. Again, this was the pinnacle of style and everything, including crime. Uh, that period, and I put it together with uh, stories I'd heard, along with stories that I personally experienced. And uh, I, I figured, let's go ahead and, and, and create kind of a mystery slash mafia story. Uh, that will keep you guessing to the very end. Uh, there's no question about it. But we'll also give you a sense of the period and some of the things that happened then, just in ordinary everyday lives. So I did try to keep as much of, you know, there's locations there that are real. Uh, there were people, uh, you know, Meyer Lansky being one of them, that were real, uh, that exist in the novel. And uh, just give you enough grounded sense that, I mean, you can't, you don't have a time machine, but you might be able to travel back in time <laughs> reading it. And that was kind of the goal, you know. Wow, Scott, I love absolutely everything you've said. Uh, clearly, you know, it's uh, one of those uh, cases where, uh, you know, the old, uh, you know, brother from another mother type scenario because uh, <laughs> I, I I know uh, many of the Cocktail Nation listeners are sitting there going, yeah, yeah. 
like a like a <laughs> in a Jack Kerouac uh, book, you know, when they attend a concert yeah, and they when the jazz musician is riffing and they're just really getting into it. Uh, I I love that man. That is absolutely fantastic. The book is available in paperback and ebook. Uh, you can grab it from Amazon, Apple Books, uh, Nook, and Angus and Robertson Book World. Uh, it is out there everywhere, so make sure you grab it because I can guarantee you're absolutely going to love this book. Such a pleasure to talk to you, man, and uh, I look forward to talking to you again uh, with the absolutely. next release. Definitely be in touch and let's do it. I, I absolutely would love to do that. I'd love to to talk to you about the next iteration and uh, and all the great things that are happening. It's been a it's been a treat to talk to you today. Man, there was this clown, and he was a real happy guy, a real happy guy. He had all these greens and all these yellows and all these oranges bubbling around inside of him. And he had just one thing he wanted in this world. He just wanted to make people laugh. That's all he wanted out of this world. He was a real happy guy. tell you about this clown. He used to raise a sweat every night out on that stage and just wouldn't stop. That's how hard he worked. He was trying to make people laugh. He used to have this cute little gimmick where he had a seal follow him up and down a stepladder, blowing Columbia the gem of the ocean on a B-flat Sears Roebuck model 1322A plastic bugle, a real cute act. But they didn't laugh. Ah, you know, a few little things here and there, but not really. And he was booking out in all these tank towns, playing the Rotary Club and the Kiwanis Club and the American Legion Hall. And he just wasn't making it. And he had all these wonderful things going on inside of him, all these greens and yellows and all these oranges. He's a real happy guy. And all he wanted to do was to make people laugh. That's all he wanted out of this world was to make people laugh. And then something began to grow. Something that just wasn't good began to grow inside of this guy. Something to begin to trouble this clown. You know, little things. 
Little things once in a while would happen that would make that crowd begin to move. But they were never the right things. Like, for example, the time the seal got sick on the stage, all over the stage, the crowd just, just broke up, you know? Little things like that. And they weren't supposed to be in the act, and they weren't supposed to be funny. This began to trouble him, began to bother him. This little thing began to grow inside. All those greens and all those oranges, all those yellows, they just weren't as bright as they used to be. And all he wanted to do was to make that crowd laugh. That's all he wanted to do. There was this one night in Dubuque when he was playing this Rotary Club. All these dentists and all these druggists, all these postmen sitting around, and they were a real cold bunch. Nothing was happening. He was leaving the stage when he stumbled over his ladder and fell flat on his face, just flat on his face. And he stands up, he's got this bloody nose. He looks out at the crowd, and that crowd is just rolling on the floor. He's just knocked them flat out. This begins to trouble him even more. And he begins to see something. He begins to see something.
himself a set of football pads, a yellow helmet with red stripes, hired a girl who dropped a five-pound sack of flour on his head every night from maybe 20 feet up. Oh, man, what a bit. That just broke him up every night. But not like Dubuque. And all those colors, all those yellows, all those reds, all those oranges, a lot of gray in there now lot of blue. And all he wanted to do was to make this crowd laugh. That's all he wanted out of this world. They were laughing all right. Not like Dubuque, but they were laughing. And the dough started to come in. He was playing the big towns, Chicago, Detroit. And then it was Pittsburgh one night. Real fine town, Pittsburgh, you know. About three quarters way through his act, a rope broke. Down came the backdrop, right on the back of the neck. And he went flat. And something broke. This was it. It hurt way down deep inside. He tried to get up. He looked out at the audience. And you, sh man, you should have, you should have seen that crowd. It was rolling in the aisle. This was bigger than Dubuque. This was bigger than Dubuque. He really had him going. Well, this was it. This was the last one. This was the last one. Yeah. This was the last one. He knew now. Man, he really knew now. But it was too late. And all he wanted was to make this crowd laugh. Well, they were laughing. But now he knew. That was the end of the clown. 
And you should have seen the bookings coming. Man, his agent was on the phone for 24 hours. The Palladium. MCA. William Morris. But it was too late. He really knew now. He really knew. Twitter handle, Cocktail Nation. Follow the lounge leader today. Thank you. 
Silver Quintet there, and Cool Eyes also played Les Baxter with Jungle Flower and Charles Mingus and The Clown. All of those tracks are from the Spotify playlist 
that Scott Denny put together for his book called Jade to Black, which is just fantastic. You need to get your hands on that book. On the cocktail nation, deep. If aliens come to Earth, we'll have to explain why we made dozens of movies in which we fight and kill them. Very deep. Cocktail nation. I'll be glad when you did you rascal you. You rascal you. I'll be glad when you're in your grave, you dog. When you're dead and in your grave, no more ravioli will you crave. I'll be glad when you're dead, you rascal you. You rascal you. I'll be glad when you're dead, you rascal you. You rascal you. I'll be glad when you're in your grave, you dog. Dirty dog. I invite you to my house for a meal. All my meatballs you try to steal. You're a dirty dog. You're dirty dog. I will be glad when you dead, you rascal you. I'll be glad when you're in your grave, you dog. I'll be standing on a corner plastered when they bring your body by. You're a devil, you. de Cocktail Nation. It's the ideal life. Pleasure, variety, it's fabulous. You ought to try it. Cocktail Nation with Copper. I know I'd go from rags to riches. 
If you would only say you care And though my pocket may be empty I'd be a millionaire My clothes may still be torn and tattered But in my heart I'd be a king Your love is all that ever mattered It's everything Tell me you're mine evermore Must I forever be a beggar Whose golden dreams will not come true Or will I go from rags to riches My fate is up to you Must I forever be a beggar Whose golden dreams will not come true Or will I go from rags to riches My fate is up to Cocktail Nation. Tell me his name again. Coop Cooper. Lounge Lothario DJ.
Stan Kenton there on the Coctonation Fugo Cubano. 
Also played Tony Bennett, Rags to Riches, and Louis Prima as well. Be glad when you're dead, you rascal you. And of course, uh, a lot of the songs that we're playing tonight have come from the Spotify playlist that Scott Denny put together called uh, Jade to Black for his uh, new book, which is just fantastic. Coop Cooper on the Cocktail Nation. Another This Is Vintage Now, Volume 2, Quick Bite. Hi there, this is David Gaston, producer of This Is Vintage Now, Volume 2, Happiness Is A Way Of Life, which is out now. This time featuring legacy jazz singer Sue Rainey. Sue Rainey released her first LP with Capitol Records in her late teens. She's had a long and varied career that landed her on the Dean Martin Show and kept her busy as an in-demand vocal coach. Her 2011 album, Listen Here, pairs her with Alan Broadbent, who worked with Paul McCartney, Natalie Cole, and many others. The song, Aren't You Glad You're You, is a session outtake only released on the now out-of-print Japanese edition of the album. The track returns on This Is Vintage Now Volume 2 and here on the Cocktail Nation. Do you make the most of your five senses? Or is your life like old Mother Hubbard shelf? Well, mark this on your slate. Life is not an empty plate. That's if you appreciate yourself. Every time you're near a rose, aren't you glad you've got a nose? And if your heart is singing too, aren't you glad you're you? When a meadow lark appears, aren't you glad you've got two ears? And if your heart is singing too, aren't you glad you're you? You can see a summer sky, or touch a friendly hand, or taste an apple pie. A pardon the grammar, but ain't life grand. Up each morn Aren't you glad that you were born Think what you've got The whole day through Aren't you glad you're you Cocktail Nation with Longe Leader Coucou Père. Okay, let's go to the phones now. Hello. I just ring you up and encourage you and say that you're doing a fantastic job and it's always a pleasure to hear you on the radio, buddy. Hey, Coop, how you doing? 
Um, and of course, you're always going to hear Mark Denny and Marshall Lyman and all the great. I'm very happy and proud to be on your show. Thank you for calling halfway around the world. Lounge Exotica and Spages. This is Cocktail Nation with Coucou Père. Go, love me much too much if you let me go. Life will lose its touch. What would I be without you? There's no place for me without you. Never let me go. I'd be so lost if you went away. There'd be a thousand hours in a day without you, I know. Because of one caress, my world was overturned. At the very start, all my bridges burned by my flaming heart. You'd never leave me, would you? You couldn't hurt me. Could you never let me go? Never let me go. What would I be without you? There's no place for me without you. Never let me go. I'd be so lost if you went away. There'd be a thousand hours in each day without you. I know because of one caress, my world was overturned. At the very start, all my bridges burned by my flaming heart. You'd never leave me, would you? You couldn't hurt me, could you? Never let me go. Never let me go. Wayne Powers. Let me go on the Cognition. Next week on the show, James Spencer is back talking about his latest album, which you just have to grab. It's terrific. Sharing, sharing. Anyway, more on that next week. Gonna leave you with Frank Sinatra. And I've got the world on a string. Stay up. I've got the world on a string. Sitting on a rainbow. Got the string around my feet. What a world, what a life, I'm in love I got a song that I sing I can make the rain go Anytime I move my finger Lucky me, can't you see I'm in love Life is a beautiful thing As long as I hold the string I'd be a silly so-and-so If 
if I should ever let it go I got the world on a string Sitting on a rainbow Got the string around my finger What a world, what a life I'm in love Life is a beautiful thing As long as I hold the string I'd be a silly so-and-so If I should ever let it go I got the world on a string Sitting on a rainbow Got the string around my finger What a world 